Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, parts of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, my fellow contributor and um, really excellent human being, Akshaz Dovadola. Akshaz, how's it going? Wow, how sweet, Robert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. Um, well, actually, it's going kind of well. Okay. <laughs> I have started my foray into the world of sports betting, Uh-oh. as I figured I might as well, and... So DraftKings, this is not a promo, by the way. Right. This is just like, I just <laughs> no want to yet. specify. Why, um, DraftKings has some promo where if you bet $5, you get $200 in bonus bets. Uh-huh. So I did it, and I had all this like bonus bet stuff that I had to get through in one week. So I just put a ton on a bunch of different NFL games. I have no idea if any of them are going to hit. But <laughs> one of them, because I was just going for I'm not going to get this money back. Let's try to make as much as possible of one of these hit. Mm-hmm. One of them was I bet on the Vikings to win. Not uh, cover, but win. Yikes. And when I saw that, that Justin well. Jefferson fumble, touchback rule, almost touchdown, and they lost by six, that would have been six. I think I had my first, like, a week into <laughs> sports betting, I had my first rage moment. So... <laughs> You know, some people just aren't built for that. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're just not built for, for the, the rage, but anyway, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I stay away from the betting because it, you know, it can only go badly. And then I have to explain like where that money went. Um, and I wouldn't be brave enough to like, went to like bet enough to where it would be like life changing anyway. I'd put like five bucks on a real long shot and then make like a hundred and be like, great. That was cool. Now I can go out to dinner or something. Nothing, nothing fancy, um, you know. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so we got quite a little whirlwind of 49ers things uh, to get to over the course of the next uh, couple of um, of weeks. Speaking of, of Thursday night football, the Niners are playing on Thursday night next week. So a week from yesterday, they will be playing um thursday night football in their home opener against the uh less or sorry new york giants i got ahead of myself there uh this week however they travel and i'm going to use that word air in air quotes uh to uh los angeles to take on the rams uh i don't know actually if you saw the news but the 49ers will be wearing their home red jerseys which i don't know that just feels appropriate doesn't it oh yeah i think i'm trying to pull up the exact number but i think vivid seats had a estimation of 68 percent of 49ers mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's Levi's South. The Niners lost that NFC championship game, but I'll never forget the whole like buying tickets for Rams fans that way Niners (laughs) don't get them having to go on like a silent count in your home stadium. Yeah. It's a home game for sure. And, and really that, that vivid seat thing is obviously just an estimate because they're, I, th- I think they use location, right, to make those estimates, and they're assuming that anybody like in, with a with an LA area code or something like that when their billing address is not a 49ers fan. So the number could be even higher than that, because um, I'm I'm certain that there's an, a good contingency of 49ers fans who are um, who are actually already in LA and live in Los Angeles in the Los Angeles area and don't have to travel, and so their numbers might not be counting that way. So that's interesting. 
Um, of course, the, the Niners coming off a, a pretty dominant win that we like we talked about last time against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, the Rams, surprisingly, um, coming off a win over the Seahawks, 30 to 13. That was in Seattle, which is, you know, not anything to sniff at, I think. But we'll talk about that game, I think, to us in some uh, amount uh, for the, the course of the, the preview pod today. Um, but uh, it's an interesting matchup. This is a, a one that outside of that NFC championship game that the, that you mentioned, what are we at? Are we at eight straight regular season victories? Is that the number? I think that's right. Um, four straight years, um, even which even takes into account uh, the year that the, the Rams went to, went to and won the Super Bowl um, and the year that the 49ers were bad in 2020 and an injury ravaged season. So they've just been able. There's a there's a secret sauce. You know, say say what you want about it. Um, Kyle Shanahan seems to know what to do to beat Sean McVay and his team. Um, and obviously this is not a nearly as talented Rams squad as we've seen in those couple of years. Obviously the team that they beat, uh, twice, uh, during the, <clears throat> the year when the Rams went, the, won the Super Bowl, was significantly more talented than this one. Um, they've just, they, they went with the, uh, you know, F them picks kind of thing and they won them, a, won them a Super Bowl. And now they're sort of facing the, uh, <clears throat> the negative downside of what happens when you just don't care about draft picks and don't, and just try to sign uh, and trade for as many veterans as possible. And now they don't have as many of those veterans anymore. Um, and they're not expected to be very good in spite of their one and one and start to this season. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're in a weird like transition phase because despite like, as you mentioned, they had to cut some really like high-level players. Bobby Wagner is back with the Seahawks. They traded Jalen Ramsey for like a conditional fifth, if I remember correctly. So there's some serious talent loss, but it's a really interesting kind of setup where you have like Aaron Donald and then a bunch of young defensive linemen kind of working with him. And then you have Matthew Stafford and a bunch of young wide receivers working with him. So there's still, like, talent. I guess, like, if you had to draw up a team and you'd say, what are the two positions we'd spend money on if we could only spend on two? You'd kind of do what the Rams did. You have a quarterback you think is elite. You have a defensive lineman who is certainly elite. And you kind of go from there. So, you know, they really, in the second half, especially against the Seahawks, they were they were dominant, which was quite surprising. I don't know how much, like, Rams and CenturyLink plays a role because I swear the NFC West has this ridiculous like rock, paper, scissors when it comes to the 49ers, Rams, Seahawks. The Seahawks will always beat the 49ers. The 49ers will always beat the Rams and the Rams will almost always beat the Seahawks. And it's like <laughs> and the Cardinals. Or <laughs> <laughs> They're just there. <clears throat> Yeah, it is. It is weird. Um, obviously, the 49ers, the most recent team to run the table in the division. So that that says a lot. But I think by and large, you're right um, for sure. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup in some ways. But um, it, it's also hard in spite of the fact that, the, you know, the 49ers are saying, oh, they're not overlooking the Rams. Da, 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 da. It, it's hard not to kind of overlook the Rams, given <laughs> the amount of uh, work they've done to sort of break their team down to its parts in most ways. Um, 
Uh, I think it's just interesting. Um, and they're dependent, really dependent on young guys, as you noted. Um, we'll talk about a couple of those guys a little bit later. But um, uh, let's let's talk injuries. Uh, the 49ers are in pretty good shape. It looks like everybody's good to go, um, minus the guys that are still in injury reserve. Those players will not be eligible to return until after week four. Um, Sam Womack does have a knee injury that kept him out of practice uh, yesterday. Um, we're recording on Friday afternoon, so obviously on the West Coast, um, there's we're not really sure. Uh, Drake Greenlaw did have a groin injury that <clears throat> kept him out uh, on Wednesday, and he was limited in practice on Thursday, but the anticipation is that he'll be fine uh, to go. It's just sort of a ma- maintenance kind of thing. Um, everybody else, Ray Ray McLeod, George Kittle, Trent Williams, seem to be good. Um, so we'll just kind of watch out to see what will happen with uh, with Sam Womack in the knee injury. Uh It'll be interesting because I mean, I didn't look at the numbers in terms of like how significant a role that he played, but obviously I don't think he's in the top three uh, cornerback ro- uh, sort of rotation at this particular point. He did get out there, but he was, a, I think, a, a key contributor on special teams. Um, so that'll be, be a name to watch for sure. Uh, from the Rams point of view, obviously Cooper Cup is on injured reserve, so he will not be eligible to play uh, this week um, or next or the week after that, but that doesn't affect us at all uh <laughs> offensive guard uh joe newt note boom uh has an ankle injury but he did practice on thursday after limited practice on wednesday so he seems to be good to go um uh Agshaz, this is it was today when i found out that akella witherspoon is now a los angeles ram um and he has a hip injury and has but he's been practicing all week and he seems to be good to go i'm not really sure what role he's playing on their team um but there you go. And then uh, wide receiver uh, Puka Nakua, who you alluded to earlier, uh, may might be in question. Uh, he had a, an, an oblique injury uh, that, I don't know, it just sort of popped up. He seemed like he was fine. Um, he had no injury designation on Wednesday, and then on Thursday he didn't practice with this injury. Um, so remains to be seen what will happen with him, obviously. Um, and then he said, you know, it was a key part of their victory on uh on sunday against seattle and then safety uh jason taylor the second also has a groin injury but he was limited on thursday so he seems to be ready to go um unless something comes up but injury wise niners are in pretty good shape and should probably feel pretty good about the team that they're going to be able to bring to los angeles to play the rams yeah and you know the thing is we've talked about the niners domination of the rams and you pointed out that in 2020 even when everything was going wrong and no one could get on the field, they were still able to come away with victories. So, I mean, this is the Niners right now are having about as good a start to the season as you can have. Not really looking at the team and really questioning, oh, this was really bad. They got to fix this. And you're not looking at like injuries and thinking, wow, they're like, they're losing guys left and right. I don't know if they can keep it up. So they should be ready to go. Um, Akello Witherspoon is the starting cornerback for oh. the Rams. He is because he um okay he, like, <laughs> he came so yeah he was in I Pittsburgh was, right so, he was sorry. at some point I think he was also a Seahawk but oh. um he's been he's been around the league now but <laughs> last week I was on the West Coast so I was able to get the Rams Seahawks game so I watched it through and. He was up against Metcalf, and I think Metcalf, like, blocked him, and he got mad. Then Metcalf <laughs> started jawing at him, and that became Sounds a right. top penalty for Metcalf. So, oh, not terribly shocking. Um, 
then that would be something that would happen. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Known, known, calm human being, DK Metcalf. Um, (laughs) Say that. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. What else were you going to say about? Uh, (laughs) Well, I was just going to say that. But out of all those injuries, the one that you mentioned that probably is the most concerning is also the most important for the 49ers, and that's Puka Nakua's injury. Because, I mean, if I remember correctly, and I'll double-check the stats, so that way I don't say something that's just wrong, but I think Puka Nakua tied Ayuk for receiving yards. He was at, No, he, like, had, he had 119. 119. So he was a little under. Yeah. But he was like... He filled that cup role quite well in their offense. Now, that doesn't mean he's Cooper Cup. I'm not no one is saying that. But he did, like, fill those soft spots in the zone, get the catches, yards after the catch. Just kind of kept the chains moving. And he was a – he came out of nowhere. He did struggle with drops in the beginning of the game. So that was something to keep in mind. But if he's gone, the Rams wide receiver room is really, really thin. You have Tutu Atwell. He's a very undersized, quicker-than-fast receiver. And then you have Van Jefferson, who's been, like, the third, fourth receiver on the Rams teams of yesteryear and mm-hmm. is now going to be, like, the number one option. So in that way, you know, there's – um if Nakua's gone, the kind of offensive system collapses upon itself. So it's a big injury to watch out, especially because the Niners are kind of, like, if there's anything we can say they're kind of struggling with, they're kind of scuffling a bit on how to sort out their secondary. I think they haven't decided if Lenore is going to be the slot guy or not, or if it's Oliver, or if it'll be a guy like Womack, or what's going on there. And last thing you need is as you're trying to figure it out, the opposing team has a slot receiver who's really getting it done. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, Tutu Atwell also had a pretty decent game on against Seattle. Six catches, 119 yards himself. Um, so he was more of a, a, a higher average, almost 20 yards per catch, whereas Nakua, as you alluded to, more of that short uh, <clears throat> 11.9 yards per catch. So a little bit of a different type. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you take that out, obviously they're their pass catching group becomes slightly less concerning. Um, and even then it's a, a rookie playing his second game. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that just in just a minute um, in terms of whether or not this is concerning or not either way. But um, yeah, the, the other names on the list, you mentioned Van Jefferson, but also Tyler Higby at tight end, Bryson Hopkins, who is a person I don't know. And then uh, Kieran Williams and good old Ben Skronik, uh who, didn't catch any balls on two targets last week so good for him um all right so let's uh let's let's do as we as we do and get a little deeper into this uh into this matchup uh reason for optimism reason for concern akshaz i will start with you reason for optimism i think it's just like like last week and this is kind of an annoying answer but it's just a talent disparity like as much as we can quibble about how well the rams played and the Seahawks are, like, rising insofar as they have a lot of young talent now, and they're slowly starting to build themselves up. And they had some offensive line injuries that really kind of derailed their offense. But the Seahawks and 49ers are not on the same league of talent, right, for the Rams to face. And somehow Shanahan has 
a schematic like advantage over the Rams. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how it comes, but he just seems to be able to get things done and get things open. And the Niners are just too good. The Los Angeles Rams secondary is not as good as it used to be. You don't have a Jalen Ramsey anymore kind of like taking away a side of the field. The linebackers aren't as good as they used to be. Even last year, Bobby Wagner isn't there. And the defensive line has Aaron Donald, but beyond that, you know, it's a lot of other guys who have to come in and get pressure. And they got pressure against the Seahawks, more on that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. a little a little teaser within yeah. that. So. Well but, done, well done. <clears throat> I mean, I think the 49ers offense, if they, they could do what they did against the Steelers with that ease, the Rams are not as good as the Steelers on defense, just talent-wise. Whatever Aaron Donald can do is kind of matched by the, like, dominance T.J. Watt showed. There's, like, Donald is probably better than Watt, but that doesn't change the fact that Watt probably had, like, an A1 game for a pass rusher in terms of impact, and the Niners kind of brushed it off and went on their way. There's just not enough talent there on defense. Same thing flip side. I mean, Stafford can throw the ball as well as any of them. But if he doesn't have, like, good guys to catch the ball, and, I mean, like, there's not a overloading of talent in the Rams receiving core to really stress the 49ers corners, and you get to basically pass protection, I don't see a world where the Rams offensive line can really hold down the 49ers pass rush with how good it was looking last week. There's just, there's just so many ways the Niners can win this game. But the Rams really can only win this game if everything goes right. And I think that's just – that's a lot to ask for. That's basically a prayer at this point. Right. Um, so I just, I just need to I, – I literally wrote down the words talent disparity. <laughs> and then I wrote, are we sure the Seahawks are good making what the Rams did last week a mirage? So I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the Seahawks are probably a better offensive team than they showed last week, more than likely. Uh, it looks like they had some some struggles uh, in pretty much all phases. They didn't throw the ball well. They didn't run the ball well. I, I don't anticipate they'll continue to be that bad offensively, but there's just no case to be made that the Seahawks defense is any good, like, at all. Like, I mean, I'm sure they have some players. We talked about this last last week after we were done recording um, the, the reaction pod, or earlier this week, I suppose. We were like, the fact that they brought Bobby Wagner back at this point in his career probably tells us a lot about the quality of their defense at this point, which is no disrespect to Bobby Wagner as a, as a player uh, in general, but it's just, he's, he's, he clearly had already already kind of lost a step a little bit when he was in Los Angeles last year. And there's a reason the Rams let him go. Um, so the fact that the Seahawks were like, yeah, sure. Come on back. was probably pretty telling. Um, who knows that defense could, could get better over the course of the year. But at this particular point, I don't think there's a case to be made that they're a, quality defense from top to bottom um and so you have to look at that and go okay does is that a little bit of like their defense is not all that good um the whole fact that as you alluded to matt stafford is pretty good and then they kind of caught seattle off guard with oh this this rookie that we have is gonna be our focal point of our offense right um some of that is week one weirdness um because like they didn't run the ball particularly well either uh 40 carries for 92 yards it's like really bad um (laughs) it's 2.3 yards per carry by the way um and so that's 
they just the Rams just went out and just slung it around. Um, and if they have any hope, as you said, of winning this game, they're going to need to do that again and then hope that things kind of break their way. And I just I don't know. There's just too many players on the 49ers side to get real worried about that. Um, that said, um, you alluded to something. You, you threw a little teaser out there. So what what would be your your area of concern here? Yeah, so I think the concern has to be the fact that, like, Aaron Donald just destroys the game. I mean, two things I think we took away from the Steelers game. The secondary, well, I guess a few negative things, but two of the big ones in my mind was the secondary's a little shaky right now. We don't really know how that second cornerback spot is going to sort up. And I think that'll become a major point in later games against more prolific offenses with a variety of weapons. I don't know how impactful that'd be in this game, but I think the other thing is Colton McKivitz's performance was not the best. And, you know, he did play against TJ Watt, but Spencer Burford also kind of a rough game, lots of penalties. And you're, you're now facing probably the single most destructive force in the history of the NFL, other than Lawrence Taylor on the defensive line. Like, I I don't like giving ample praise to division rivals. It's not fun. It's very <laughs> annoying. But I think it's it's a hard argument to make that Aaron Donald is probably is not the like, like best defensive like lineman the NFL has seen since Lawrence Taylor at this point. Like he is so dominant. He wins every single way. And he's going to He's, I mean, I think, I don't remember who said this, so I'm sorry whoever I'm taking this from, but you know that, like, Donald is going to line up wherever he feels he has an advantage on important downs, and that could be McKivitt, and he's a different type of pass rusher. He not only is so good, he makes everyone else good, because the same pressure and, like, double teams that Nick Bosa creates, Donald can create as well. Except depending on where he is, if he's in the interior of that line, he sucks in the guards and the center. You have your tackles on -on one-on-ones. And Trent Williams obviously will stonewall whoever it is. But then McKivitz has got a lot of guys to face. And, you know, all it takes is one sack, one fumble, one stopped possession. I mean, when we can literally – I'm literally picturing right now as I say this, the ending of the NFC Championship game where Aaron (laughs) Donald just – for four plays, just was like, I'm winning this game. And the Niners offense had nothing. There was nothing they could do anymore. And, you know, when we say everything has to go right for the Rams, that's what everything has to go right means. It means Donald has to be so dominant that the 49ers offense can't get it going. And that gives the Rams a chance to basically get like a trillion punches at the bag, so to speak, against the 49ers defense and hope that eventually they break through once. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's, that's true. Um, like for me, it's, it's very similar. Uh, it's, it's, we look at it and we go, okay. Um, what a, it, it's, you compared it to the TJ Watt thing last week. And I think your, your case is correct that, you know, Aaron Donald is a probably individual better player than Watt. Um, but the fact of the matter is also that TJ Watt probably, well, no, definitely has a better, um, supporting cast on his defense than Aaron Donald does on his currently. Like I'm looking at their 
at the depth chart on their defense. And I, I just, it's kind of sad looking. I don't know who any of these people are. Um, and it's a, it's interesting to see like how, like if, if you, you know, subscribe to the, the, the elevation of, of, of all the ships, right. The, the, if he's, if, how good does he have to be in order to elevate these guys that are just not there, there yet? I don't know, but I think that's, that's my main, main area of concern as well is that, um, if he figures out a way to to wreck the game, that that will put the Rams in a position where they can win a game that they probably don't have any business winning by just keep by by Aaron Donald being able to keep it close. Um, and so that's um, certainly uh, something to watch out for uh, and is concerning, I think, uh, to be to be <laughs> quite frank. Uh, but I, I also to kind of flip it on the other side of that, as I said, I'm. I would have been more concerned about Watt being good enough and then the rest of his of his supporting cast, other guys on that line, you know, Cameron Hayward, who's now out with an injury, um, Alex Highsmith, you know, their their solid defensive backfield being able to 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 cover guys um and and to do the job that they need to do, but they didn't, and it makes you wonder if Aaron like Aaron Donald would have to be sort of outside of his mind for <laughs> for the entire game and some other players are gonna have to step up in ways that maybe they're just not prepared to do so i don't know um that's kind of the way i look at it uh i, I don't know if you saw this thing this just, just popped into my head but george kittle said something about like um basically this recurring theme we talk about this all the time like you can't it was basically essentially you can't cover everybody right um and he was talking about how minka fitzpatrick basically erased him from the game on sunday but then that left, you know, McCaffrey and Ayuk and and Debo to do their thing, and maybe next week they'll decide, okay, well we're going to take Ayuk out of this game. Well, now you're double teaming Ayuk, and who's wide open? Um, and and I think as long as everybody's healthy and they uh, appear to be heading into this week, I, I just don't think the Rams have enough defensive firepower, uh, let alone offensive firepower outside of maybe this rookie that nobody knew before the season started. Um, and he's again, questionable at this point. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't look good from a Rams perspective at this particular juncture. Maybe they, maybe they get better and they, by the time they see each other, uh, at the end of the season, this will be a little bit more of a competitive game, but I'm just not really anticipating a very competitive game at this point. Yeah. I mean, one final thing that I think bodes well for the Niners is if you have to point to a weak spot on Seattle's defense, it's their pass rush that just wasn't able to take advantage of the Rams at all. That's not going to be the case for the Niners. So I think there's just, there's like we said, there's just too much that can go for the Niners to result in a win. It might not be pretty, but like there's a trillion ways this game can go wrong and the Niners still win. There's really not a lot of ways the Rams can kind of get this one to go their way. Because everything needs to be firing. And that's like, that's the classic definition of an underdog. So it's still, I think it's safe to bank a 49ers victory. Of course, what that means is next Monday, Tuesday, when we <laughs> come back here and we go in a tirade because of Sunday's game. You know? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> that would, that would be uncool uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm right there with you. I think that there's, this should be hopefully a, a good game to 
to watch from a from a 49ers perspective. So, um, let's do predictions and then we'll wrap this this thing up um, and get everybody ready for the weekend. Um, actually, what do you what do you think? How's the how's the score gonna go? So, I'm gonna gonna put myself out there for a more aggressive, I think, score, and then I'll be disappointed when it doesn't get met. But I think <laughs> we're gonna see something like I'm gonna say 38 to 10. I just think Ooh. I think the Niners' offense is the one thing it's taken me a little while to get around to, because like you just have to keep on proving it, but. I just don't see, like, I talked a ton about how Aaron Donald could destroy a game. I just don't see it happening. And I think once you get past Donald, there's just too much talent for the 49ers to lose this game. And I think they'll run away with it. I don't know how much that means for them, like, as a team. I think this is just, like, they're really good and they'll score a lot of points. And I'll give the Rams a touchdown. The Niners always seem to have a drive or two on defense where – they kind of forget what they're doing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was I was almost exactly right there with you. I said thirty-four to ten. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them those extra four points. How oh, they get a thirty-eight anyway? I guess that's what four touchdowns and a field goal. Is that right? No. Five touchdowns and a five field touchdowns goal, and a field goal. There we yeah. go. Um, I can't do math. Math is hard. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, thirty-five would be five. Yeah, okay, good. There we go. Um, yeah, I I just I'm right there with you. I just don't see. Yeah, I think Errol Donald will get his just like like uh, DJ Watt did last week. Um, maybe that's in the form of a sack. Maybe he gets a turnover. I don't know. Um, but I just I just don't see that derailing the 49ers too very much because um, one thing that really outside of that NFC Championship game that you referred to, and it was really outside of the last drive of the NFC Championship game, um, Kyle Shanahan has been pretty good about figuring out ways to to just isolate Aaron Donald and say, we're going to make him, we're going to make the rest of this defense stop us. And quite frankly, um, they haven't been able to Um, look particularly specifically for a big game from Debo Samuel, who just absolutely adores just crushing this team into oblivion. Um, It's it's like his favorite thing to do. Uh, You may recall like the, the crazy catch that he made last year where he jumped, you know, went up high in the air and then ran past everybody, including Jalen Ramsey, who just really made a business decision and decided not to even try to tackle him uh, en route to a touchdown. So um, watch out for, for Debo, especially coming off of the the week that Ayuk just had. You can imagine that uh, the defensive staff for the Rams will want to pay extra special attention to him. And as I just said earlier, if you pay extra special attention to one member of this offense, then you're going to have to deal with the rest of the team. And maybe that's, good for everybody except for the Rams. So, all right. Um, Actually, any final thoughts before we close this bad guy up for this week? You know, I just think that it's rare that you have a moment so early in the season to really solidify your place, but this game feels kind of big, even though like, it's not like a very stressful game. I'd say it's a big game because you win this, you're up to, you have a two, nothing like start to your season, but you already bank a division win. The mm-hmm. Seahawks have already lost to the Rams. The Rams would have lost a division game. Like the way the NFC West is shaking out, this is a good little buffer to already set for yourself yeah. as the season progresses. So it's a big one. Hopefully it's as crazy as we both seem to predict it would be. 
but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think even with the way that the Seahawks played last week, you'd pro- they're probably not as bad as they played last week. Um, and of course, the way that the 49ers have to play the Seahawks this year um, adds a, a, a little bit of intrigue to it because they're playing each other so close. They're two games so close together. Um, so you really got to bank and um, make sure that you beat the other two teams in the division that you know for sure that you should definitely beat without much trouble. Um, and then and then really take care of business against Seattle when the time comes. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So um, actually, that's uh, good. Good stuff. I'm excited to see how this one shakes out um, here on Sunday afternoon uh, when the 49ers travel to the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Um, but thanks to you out there for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As always, check out NinerNoise.com for your latest 49ers news and analysis, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, <laughs> let's sound the horn, 49ers. I, f- I finally flubbed it up. There you go. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.